Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 59 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. If it's your first time here, thank you for giving us a listen. And on this podcast, we talk about video game and movie news as long as what we played or watched over the week. My name is Barry, along with my co-host. My name is Craig, and you guys just missed some wonderful, wonderful bloopers. I can't believe you're <laughs> going to call me out like that. I couldn't even get one word out before. Couldn't I, get I don't know. hello out. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Listen, they'll they'll make it out there at some point so people can hear them. Yeah, it's it's funny and weird, but it's yep. the most genuine laughter we ever have on this podcast sometimes. <laughs> so with that, we'll just get straight on to the news, which we actually had a lot come up like yeah. today. We record on Tuesday and a lot showed up. I was scribbling down furiously not too long ago in the past like as, 20 minutes. Yeah, as was I. So the first thing I'm going to go ahead and write off right here is near reincarnation a mobile game is going to be coming out there was no date (laughs) but the game is a turn-based game from what it looks like and it's just kind of a surprise to me that uh square enix and near have now decided that this uh franchise so popular that they want to make a mobile game for it i'm hoping i guess near replicant must have sold well if they're going to do it like that yeah mobile games are never my thing so We'll see. Like, I don't think I've ever, especially like an RPG turn based thing. I don't think I've ever beaten one on a phone at all. So I always look at them as more of cash grabs. I know they all aren't, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll try it for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to try it with, without question. Mm-hmm. I I like the art style of the game. I like all the near like game art style. So this yeah. is right up my alley and I'll probably give it a shot. I just wonder if it's a mobile game, how much it's going to cost? Like, yeah. we never really see most mobile games go more than like 10. If you're like asking for 20 bucks, you're asking for a lot there. Right. So we just have to see what happens. I am I'm cautiously optimistic about this game. Unless they go free and then just heavy reliance on purchasing items or characters. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, I, I'd rather not. You, I would <laughs> rather pay like 30 bucks up yeah. front for this game. And even though 30 bucks is way too much for a mobile game, just in general, a lot of the right. time. But if it's going to go like that, just make me pay 30 bucks all at once and never have to pay again. I would much, much prefer that. Yeah. So in uh, other news of. Of course, that happened. Uh, Skull and Bones got delayed again, this time to late 2022. I'm not like overly excited for this game, but uh, I know a lot of people were because it's taking a good portion of Black Flag that everybody liked, which was pirate ships and going around blowing up other ships and making a whole game out of it. So the idea, I think, is fine. But I honestly am starting to wonder if this is ever going to actually come out. Yeah, I don't really have any hype around this game. I really don't know a lot about it. To be honest, this is one of the few games that I know is coming out that I haven't watched a trailer for or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So we've it's hopefully it's for the best here. Maybe they've looked at the release calendar and went, no, we don't need to release this year or something like that. And then we'll go from there. I mean, if you like naval combat, you don't really have too many options. So, okay. You know what I mean? Like, when's the last time we saw a naval combat focused game? Maybe on PC or something, but not on console for sure. Yeah. Next up for me is going to be a No More Heroes 3 trailer. And this was the weirdest trailer I've watched in a long, long time. Uh, No More Heroes is kind of known for this wacky sort of adventure thing. And this is a Nintendo exclusive IP, which is kind of surprising as well. But the, the trailer starts out. And it's it's almost at it, it's self-aware that it's like a YouTube video. So in the middle of it, there are ads like for their game. And it kind of goes through the. Uh, like the first two games and what happened in them, like it's kind of like a really quick explanation of what happened in the first two. No more heroes. And in the uh, the spinoff game that was recently released, recently released on the switch. Yeah, I've never played any of these games, but I've always been like interested in them. I don't know why I never actually played them, but on the scale of, you know, all time crazy trailers, where does this rank next to Deadly Premonition 2's trailer? Um, <laughs> this is weirder. Okay. This is, yeah, this is weirder. Because right. that was a pretty crazy trailer, too. Yeah, the game uh, I think worse. the demo, I think the demo was more crazier for Deadly Premonition than what yeah, true. Uh, No More Heroes 3 is. 
So another one that I just came across today that got me super, super excited is uh, June 29th. We are getting Zombies Ate My Neighbors on pretty much every system. And I have like a big old soft spot for this game. I used to go over to my friend's house and play it on his Super Nintendo like every day. So yeah. I'm super excited for this. It's 15 bucks. It comes with Zombies Ate My Neighbors and the sequel, which everybody hates. So that's fine, I guess. Um, but I'm super excited to play that. It was such a fun co-op game. Um, hopefully it has online co-op. I would imagine it will. If you've never played Zombies Ate My Neighbors. I was just about to ask. <laughs> I I don't know if, how it holds up, right? Like I have to wait and see. I'm definitely going to get it. But if you don't have the nostalgia for it, I don't know if it's something that's going to draw you in. It's just a 2D side, not side scrolling, because you can go like up, down, left, right. But you're just two kids shooting a bunch of zombies and trying to collect stuff. And there's like babies and just a weird game. It's hard to explain. I'm super pumped for it, but it'd be interesting to get. Did you ever play it or not? No, I, okay. I've never heard of the game. So it'd be interesting to see, like, in your case, somebody like you who's never played it, if you actually enjoy it or not, or if it's just something that since I played it so much as a kid, I I will obviously enjoy it. But I we're going to need a, another opinion as to whether or not it's actually a decent game or not. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's strange. A lot of the is it like remastered graphics or anything like that? Or is it just kind of the same? Almost I would hope it? so, because okay. <laughs> I don't imagine it's going to look very good if they didn't remaster it. Yeah, probably right. Uh, next up was announced today would be Metro Exodus, the PS5 version. Uh, I'll let okay. you know that the Metro Exodus, if you have the PS4 version, the upgrade will be for free. But the game now runs at 4K 60 frames a second and also comes with all the DLC and does ray tracing. The game looks like a pretty notable upgrade, I have to admit. Um, I did play Metro Exodus on the Xbox. Mm -hmm. So to see that there's a PS5 upgrade version, but then not a Xbox upgraded version is kind of strange. But, you know, all power to them. Uh, Metro Exodus, I, I actually really like those games. It's just that I don't think a lot of people like them and like them enough in order for yeah. the game to be more popular. So it just, just I remember that stinks. that first one was super well received, but I don't feel like Exodus was received that well. Yeah, um, I don't know. I remember it being hyped up forever and like they were showing it at E3 for the Xbox for a while and it got delayed and all that good stuff. But I played it a little bit. I just don't know that this is like a big one that people are asking for. Yeah, I guess you're we'll not see. wrong. And I'm assuming it's going to be 70, right? Probably. 60? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we'll have. I don't know. I actually they actually didn't announce a price. OK. So. All right. Uh, so we got an update on for the Xbox, uh, the May update. And the one big thing that I noticed that I wanted to mention is quick resume now shows you on the dashboard which games are suspended, which Thank God, because I never knew, <laughs> right? You would just like go into a game and I'd, I'd like hit the game and be like, let's see if it's saved where I was. Nope, not this one. So it is a little bit handier now that I can immediately look and be like, OK, this one is saved. This one's going to start over. It just makes it easier. So it's about time. This should have been there day one, honestly. But also, I don't think that many games on the Xbox take advantage of it yet. Yeah, it doesn't I... seem like it anyway. Yeah, really, the only games I notice that take advantage of it are games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla mm -hmm. takes advantage of it and things like um, uh, Apex Legends does as well. But with Apex, if it, what it pretty much does is if you're too long suspended, you just get kicked out of the server and yep. then you're you know back at the main menu. So that's what I feel like a lot of times these quick resume games, you know, they work and it, the feature does work. But if you have any remote inkling of playing online it really doesn't work as well as you'd think. Right. Yeah. I think the only ones that I noticed that worked well were um, Gears Tactics when I was playing that would immediately get me back in the game. Um, but none of the multiplayer games worked. I'm trying to think there was some other game. Yakuza, I believe, would pop me right back in, which was nice. But yeah, yeah if it's online oriented at all or if it has a constant online presence, it don't even bother because it's going to kick you back out anyway. Yeah. We have EA Play Live showcased to be coming in July of this year, so we're starting to starting to ramp up the process for what's going to be the summer of announcing and releasing games as well. I'm excited for it. We have EA Play Live. We have E3. 
Sony is probably going to, well, actually, we don't know if Sony's going to do their own thing or not. I really don't know what they would do, if I'm being honest, unless really the only announcement I could see that they would have is something along the lines of releasing a date for God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Or uh, it was just released that Sony acquired the Sunset Overdrive name, yep. which means they might have acquired the IP, which means we may see Sunset Overdrive come to ps5 and ps4 yeah i saw hints about sunset overdrive i could see them maybe doing a remaster on that or you know upscaling it and then working on a second one i'd be all about that i really like the first one a lot just played yeah, through a lot it of again people did like last early or late last year i played through it again it's such a great game um but yeah i they better announce god of war give us something <laughs> at some at some point yeah i think my a sneaky pick would be uh it's the 5 year anniversary for uncharted 4 this year okay um yeah. and and they did announce naughty dog that they were working with one of those uh like big collectible companies to make some collectible statues for uncharted 4 uh but i would imagine we might get something around that maybe a i don't know if you really need to remaster that it still looked good um, that would be cool yeah I mean, I think they're done with Uncharted, right? Or do you think they're still going to go after that until it's absolutely bone dry? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I know they want to stop making. I'm pretty sure they came out and said they wanted to stop making like Uncharted series. But mm-hmm. with Sony and their focus on AAA games, you've got, you know, you could do something with Drake's daughter. You could do something yeah. like Lost Odyssey or Lost Legacy. It was one of the two yep. where it's kind of an offshoot with two characters that, you know, like who's the and you might you'll probably remember this better than i do but who's like nathan drake's like right hand uh right hand man sully i feel like it's sully yeah Mm -hmm. like it would be something where you're doing a prequel with sully yeah something like that i just think that's really the only direction you could go i feel like everything's kind of lining up for them to do something you got the five-year anniversary of this you still have the movie coming out um i just think it all lines up that they do something whether it's a remaster or an offshoot game i don't care like i'll take whatever but uh i love uncharted but i mm-hmm. they, have they really said what they've been working on since last of us i don't think they no. have yet yeah no they really haven't and i imagine after the success of the last of us you know they deserve themselves a break mm-hmm. and now they're just probably going to keep hushed up about what they're working on next yeah true and uh yakuza uh, the Yakuza series has said that they are going to be going turn-based from here on out, uh, based, I'm assuming, on the success of Like a Dragon. And I may be in the minority here, but I, I'm not 100% cool on that. Uh, I enjoy all the Yakuza games. I liked Like a Dragon, but I was not as big of a fan of the turn-based. I still like the open world, switching between stances and having different attacks. I like that better than going in and, like, doing turn-based and having jobs that give you different attacks. I wasn't as huge of a fan, so kind of a bummer for me, but I think for pretty much everybody else in the world, they're probably super excited. Yeah, I kind of hate when game companies do that. Like, Mm -hmm. you have so many Yakuza games that play one way, and then you come out with Like a Dragon, and yeah, a lot of people liked it, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to change the formula for everybody. Right, at least for the time being, that's what they're saying. I mean, they've done... Right. Originally, Yakuza was kind of like a GTA style game. And then they had exactly. they even they even had a zombie Yakuza game. So they they tend to go with whatever's not necessarily popular at the time, but whatever works for them. So I could see them doing maybe one or two more games turn based and then go into something else, which is fine. I just won't be as excited when they come out. Yeah, neither would I, if I'm being yep. honest. Yep. We have Overwatch 2 VVP, uh, PVP sorry, to be shown sometime next week in a developer uh, diary. They came out and said they're going to be showing some of the PVP. I really don't know how different it's going to look, if I'm being honest. I know a lot of people, and you know, especially me, I really loved the first Overwatch. I played a lot of that game, and I thought the heroes were a lot of fun. It's just that now we're getting so far into the cycle what is overwatch 2 going to do that's going to blow us away it's going to be kind of hard for them to do that i think yeah i bounced off overwatch super quick so i'm not the target audience for this but i've got to imagine that i'm assuming there's still a pretty big player base but i definitely don't hear about it as much as i used to yeah uh playstation 5 redesign next year right interesting 
Um, first time, like I read that headline and I was like, what are you talking about? We're, it just came out. Then I kind of dug in a little bit and saw that, you know, it has to deal with component shortages. So they're saying that it, it shouldn't change the exterior design at all. It should just be all internal and it's supposed to kind of help with, you know, some component parts that they are having a hard time getting a hand on which is also in turn causing stock issues. You know, like obviously you still don't see them on shelves anywhere, but it's kind of weird that they're going with the redesign one year in already. I guess. Yeah. Two and years. it's kind yeah. of, like it's kind of a quote unquote redesign at right. this point, because they did say it's not going to change the outside, even though like I have my console right next to me, it could look a little thinner. It is like a, <laughs> it's a big, you know, machine there. Yeah. So being a little bit thinner probably would help it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, you know, there are stories already coming out that Sony, like, there's going to be shortages going into 2022 now. Yep. And that's just that's just kind of how COVID affected everything. It really does suck for anybody trying to get some of these new consoles. And I feel bad for people who are day in, day out, you know, trying to get these things and, you know, keep striking out. It's really disheartening for people and, you know, makes you think twice about whether or not you want to be get into the gaming sphere or continue gaming. Yeah. So this is hopefully this gets better. This is up there with I was trying to think of like, has this the is this the longest amount of time between a console release and still not being able to find one? And I think the Wii was still longer. But the thing with the Wii was you still had the chance if you timed it right to get there whenever a store would get their shipment. Right. And they Mm -hmm. would just put them all out on the floor or in the cage and you would just happen to be there at the right time. Uh Whereas this is just like, there's no option for that ever. You know, like, yeah, you, you might find some Series S's out in the wild, but you're never going to see a PS5 or a Series X on a shelf. Um, and, you know, that's been since November, which we're in May. It's just crazy. The amount of time has gone by and we still can't, you still can't get them. So it's, it's a bummer. Um, luckily, I'm not trying to find a PS5 right now, so I don't have to deal with the craziness it was hard enough getting an xbox so yeah yeah no kidding i know when the time comes though and that game's coming out for the playstation that i want i'm gonna be struggling just like everybody else (laughs) yeah hopefully they end up waiting a little longer before releasing that game just for their and your own sake because i can't imagine them releasing god of war ragnarok and there's still this shortage going on and people just kind of running each other running each other over yeah and you know, right now, a lot of retail stores don't even you can't find it on on shelves because they don't sell them on shelves. It's yep. only been online. Hopefully, if the United States gets better at getting the vaccine and, you know, we're not any sort of this podcast, but please get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. You're helping yourself and others. But like if if they end up doing that, then maybe we start to see them put things on the uh, put things out on the floor of retail markets and let people buy them, you know, firsthand without having to order online. Yeah, agreed. Uh, is that it for you? Just want me to go through some of the other ones I got here? I have one small one. Okay. I will go ahead and just say uh, Battlefield 6 reveal to be coming in June. Cool. Which, hopefully, you know, I w- <laughs> yeah, we need, uh, I- I'm excited for another Battlefield. So mm-hmm. hopefully this just gives us what we want and i'm hoping it's ju- i'm hoping it's like a modern take like i'm i want it to be more like bad company too yeah agreed um just the last one i have which is small this is a small news tidbit but this is huge news everybody so as of the time that this recording goes up because we're recording on tuesday but this comes out tomorrow on wednesday so by the time you hear this it will be out there will be a calculator app for the switch boom Announced today, coming out on Wednesday, you can finally use your Switch as a calculator. You know, all the things I'm going to be able to do. Yeah, (laughs) all the things I'm going to be able to do with that thing. That's nuts. Yep. It's downloading it day one for me. Day one. This is this is the next generation of gaming. Yep. You know, we everybody talks about having their phone and their phone as a calculator, but no one talks about having a game console as a calculator. Mm -hmm. And this just opens up all new doors Does for me. I don't need to carry my phone for a nope. calculator anymore. Now nope. I can carry my switch as the calculator. I can finally throw away my pocket calculator, yeah. which is a huge deal for me. No longer have to carry it in my front pocket or my back pocket, depending on whether I have a pocket in my shirt. 
But just think the amount of times when you're playing your switch and somebody's like, yeah, what's 43 times 24. And you have to be like, ah, I got to pull out my phone, but now I can be like, hold on. I already got my switch in my hand. Let me switch over real quick to my I calculator. Yeah. I see what you did. App of the year. I'm calling it. Yeah. This is probably <laughs> going to be game of the year it might. For, for a lot of people here. And I'm, I, it'll probably be number one on on here i've i see myself digging a lot of hours into this Mm -hmm. and you know it would just be it would be even more great if it was like a ti 84 plus calculator (laughs) that's built in there like it's no longer do you does a high school or college student need to go out and grab a 80 to 100 dollar calculator now you just have it on your switch yep i mean future dlc that's probably what they're thinking for that uh, that's yeah, you're right. I'm think sorry. about I didn't it. Think if that far ahead. You already have your switch and you get the calculator app. And then for another $30 DLC, you can have a TI 84 deal. Yeah. Steel of I'm the century. It. Yep. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> and, and the battery life, the battery life for that just has to be good. Yep. Like you activate TI 84 mode and then you're just on a race <laughs> against the clock. <laughs> True. Before the battery starts to die. I'm, I'm, I'm out of bits for this calculator. So. <laughs> what else do you yes, have? <laughs> we have the Amazon New World, sorry, Amazon Games New World trailer shown off. Uh, it was voiced by the character that does Loba, so I Sweet. was automatically interested. And the the game looks good. It's a it's a MMORPG, which I have been on my quest to find the next MMORPG for me. And this looks this looks like a lot of fun. There's like dungeon, of course, crawling there. It's going to be multiplayer, of course. I I won't believe this game's coming out until I see it. And it's yep. supposed to come out August 31st of this year. Nope. So <laughs> we we will have to see. This game's been delayed already before. So mm-hmm. I'm as, as I mentioned before, Amazon continues to like cancel games. Yep. So until I actually see this in like Steam stores and stuff, I I won't believe that it's coming out until then. We all know it's going to happen. They'll release it and then pull it back and put it back into alpha. Yeah, <laughs> that's what exactly. Amazon does. <laughs> At least it would be playable in alpha, though. Yeah, that true. Would be different. Very true. We have we have Resident Evil Village selling very well. Uh, there's a lot. It's breaking a lot of records compared to how good seven did. And on top of that, the mods are absolutely hilarious. <laughs> yep. there are there are people replacing people's heads. There are making uh, the the lady Demistru character, Thomas, the tank engine yep. face. And that's actually probably the scariest thing I've ever seen so far in that game. The, yep. Those dead the eyes. That, yeah, those dead <laughs> eyes. And like the way like the tank engine's mouth stretches <laughs> like really weird abnormally because the game itself is good. And we'll talk about that in our games played. Mm-hmm. But the. I'm always surprised at what the mod community can come out for things like Resident Evil. And there's things like making Chris Redfield and putting the head of the baby on Chris Redfield. (laughs) Like it's the stupidest mods, but they're absolutely hilarious. And that's kind of the added bonus of getting um, Resident Evil on your computer is the fact that you're able to reap all the benefits of these mods because some of them are just absolutely hilarious. Yeah, agreed. It makes me wish my I had an updated computer that could handle it because I would be all over that. If only you could grab a graphics card. If right? only I wish maybe in three years, maybe <laughs> apex Legends season nine launches last week and it launches into a mess of uh, we will talk a bit more about apex in the new season, but the day it launched, you couldn't do anything other like you couldn't even access your legends it reset all of your cosmetics on top of there. There's a lot of things that went on. And I think the funniest bug for me was the fact that day one, when you would try to pick the character you want to play as, character you want to play as, it would switch to another character. Yep. So no matter who I picked, I was playing Bloodhound, <laughs> no matter what. And I think I played Bangalore when I picked Watson. So it's yep. like yep. a yep. whole bunch of fun and a whole bunch of messiness to do with it. And Say what you will, but that was just their new game mode. Random legend pick that's you know it was just a secret mode that nobody knew yeah you know what i didn't see that coming you're right i (laughs) it's just too bad that like any random legend it was only ever the starter legends so like nobody would get to be loba because it was just the starter legends that first came out with the game i thought it was funny everybody putting on like throwing hate at the developers and be like 
boy, I'm super glad that I can play the new character because it lets me pick her and then immediately switches to somebody else. It was only for like a day, though, so it wasn't insane. And we always expect that with the new season of Apex. But I think this was by far the worst one. Worst season yeah, launch it, that they've had. Yeah, they're funny bugs. So yeah. I kind of enjoy it. And then my last news story of the day, and it's pretty much all but confirmed now, but the Switch Pro was name dropped during a investor's call from an OLED company. The story came from GameRant.com. The story was by Noah Vaca. And if you want to read more about it, go to that website, please. They It's a really good article about how the investor call said that, you know, hey, our company's doing well because we're producing screens for the Switch Pro. And that pretty much all but puts the final nail in the coffin here where yeah. Nintendo probably should uh, put do some sort of announcement rather sooner than later here because you this isn't something that's going to die down because enough people are asking for a Switch Pro. And we kind of knew it was coming out, but this just all but con- all but confirms it here after all the speculation that we've had the past couple months. Yeah. Yeah, just go ahead and announce it. Maybe they're waiting for their summer E3 in quotation marks, you know, yeah. video. That would be a good idea. Clubhouse, is that what they call it? Treehouse. Treehouse. Tree- Sorry, Treehouse. Nintendo. I got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, we're going to go ahead and go to our games played this week. Uh, pretty much we're all we're going to be talking about is Resident Evil Village. But I did want to say that I got to the second act of Returnal. Nice. And this is a very small thing for me. But there is a Don't Fear the Reaper reference by Blue Oyster Cult. Mm-hmm. And people who know me personally know I love Blue Oyster Cult. And Don't Fear the Reaper is one of my favorite songs, like in my top 10 ever. And the moment they the moment the character dropped like the the lyric line there and I had to figure out what song it was from because I knew what it was from. Mm-hmm. I was like, crap, this game is like this game's great. It's a 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10 game of the year. Yeah, don't fear the Reaper. Just got to put that reference somewhere in there. I'm the game gets crazier, of course, as we go along here. And I eventually will do a spoiler cast for Returnal if I can ever beat it. Mm -hmm. But the fact that there's some sort of musical reference here and the tune is sometimes playing in the background, uh, just it's really cool and really eerie. So I'm all for it so far. Returnal is definitely becoming a more and more popular game as I continue to play it. Yeah, as time goes on, it's more and more like man i really want to play that game you know what i mean so yeah again like i said like this isn't the game to make me buy a, a ps5 but like it's the amount of people talking about it and saying how good it is makes it like real close for me to be like oh man i need to play it so bad so <laughs> i i don't know like it looks so good i don't really like we said before i i just started playing hades i don't really like those type of games but like just the atmosphere of this game and like the polish on it is insane yeah, so it, it definitely would be enough for me to be interested in that. Did you end up playing anything else other than Resident Evil? Yeah, so I did play a little bit of steep, um, the snowboarding slash. Yeah, whatever skiing, whatever else you can <laughs> do, um, parachuting. So I never actually played it when it came out and uh, it they put it on Game Pass and I've always wanted to try it out because I love snowboarding games. I really do. Um, SSX way back in the day sean white right um sean palmer right Sh- uh, sean palmer's mine sean yep. palmer's my favorite snowboarding game. yep nothing nothing beats that yep so put a snowboard in a game and i'm usually going to be there at least for a little bit i really really enjoy this game and obviously there's you know resident evil came out and other things so i haven't really been playing it but this is a game that i think i'll, I'll for sure be going back to every once in a while they literally just give you like a big mountain and you know like hey you can you can take yourself to the top of the mountain and you can snowboard all the way down. Obviously there's races and like trick attack and whatever else you want to do. Um, but just the freedom they give you to be like, all right, I'm going to snowboard to here. Then I'm going to get off my board. And I'm going to put on my like flight suit and just fly and try to go through like these little holes in the rocks. It's just a ton of fun. There's a ton yeah. of customization as far as boards and gear and hats and coats and pants that you can switch out. It's a really fun game. And I know it was received well, um, it still seems like there's a decent amount of people playing it, but I'm having a ton of fun with it. So I'll definitely go back to it once I'm all caught up on the millions of games right now. Yeah. The one thing about steep that I had a problem with, and it was because it was, I got invited to play that game early in alpha when mm-hmm. it first came out, 
but it just didn't seem like there was much to do. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I, I, I got that game thinking it could be more arcade like, but it's more of an exploration. Yeah. Um, like exploration kind of thrill, thrill seeking type game in a way. It's yeah. nothing like, you know, any of the SSX games or the, or Sean Palmer's snowboarding. So it, it was different. And I know post launch, it got a lot better because they kept adding stuff to it. And, you know, if you're having fun, then maybe it's something I need to go back and try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said, it's on Game Pass now. So like everybody has the reason to go try it. You know, all it takes is a free download. So I would 100% say check it out. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I played besides Resident Evil was obviously we had the Apex, right? The season and also yeah. Arena. Um, what's your thoughts on Arena? You go first. So the arena for me, I like the game mode overall. I mm-hmm. do think it's fun. And I do think the 3v3 type gameplay is a lot quicker than a, yeah. a free for all match most of the time. And it's also uh, they, they do a very good job of implementing the game type like it's the maps are fun. They're diverse. They offer different things. The only really problem I have is that some legends are absolutely useless. Yeah during the games i really like watson and loba and they're my mains when i'm playing uh battle royale but when it comes to arena they're practically useless Mm -hmm. uh yeah loba can switch over to the other side but in arena a lot of the time you need to be sticking with your team yeah and if you get caught out by yourself you're most likely going to die especially if the other team is traveling together and I just think that's not just for that's not just for Lobo and Watson. There are other champions of the arena that you are probably going to have a problem getting into arena with and using and doing well with. I think I need to add a third character just so I know how to <laughs> just so I can play with arena right. and finally, you know, do well and do better with that. Because stuff like people like Bangalore, like everybody's using Bangalore because of the smoke yep. and allows you to reposition and You've got people like Wraith who allow you to reposition Bloodhound, who is kind of really OP yep. in this because his scan range is so wide in in arena that you can almost get people 10 seconds into the game and know exactly where they are. Yeah, I think I was surprised with how well implemented it is, because, you know, when they announced it, I kind of figured it would just be like a tacked on mode. I don't think this is something that's going to end up as like you're seeing this as tournaments. Right. I don't think you're going to see arena apex tournaments anytime soon, but I think it it works very well. It gives me that Counter-Strike nostalgia vibe for me that I used to be so into. Um, I almost use it as like a warm up now before I go into the battle royale. You play like a match or two of arenas because it doesn't take that long to do a match and you can kind of get yourself warmed up. It's a good way to get used to guns and, you know, get some kills under your belt so you feel, you know, pretty good with the way the gun's going to handle. Um, I enjoy it. I don't, it's not going to be my main thing with Apex. You know, the Battle Royale mode's still my main objective there. It's still what I like to play. But I think it's, they did a very good job for something that nobody really asked for and nobody really saw coming. Um, so it's cool. It's just another another way to play the game if you really like apex like we do and sometimes you just get tired of playing battle royale You're like oh, i'm gonna go play a match of arena real quick and you know be a little bit i wouldn't say you can chill because it seems to be more intense than uh the battle royale mode is yeah but i think it's fun I, I i thoroughly enjoy it yeah getting into the action like right away mm-hmm. is kind of the different uh feel because sometimes in apex you can drop down and not see anybody almost the entire game until five squads are left yeah, at least here, you know, you're going to be getting into a fight and it's going to happen pretty quick. It just depends on how you and your team react. Yep. So yep. arena is a fun game mode. And I actually think that we will see tournament play. Be um, interesting. You know, Apex and the and even the esports scene itself. Apex wants to be seen more as a as an esport and a and because Counter-Strike, because this mode arena is kind of like Counter-Strike in a way, I do think we are going to p- see people, you know, maybe professional teams of three show up occasionally. I do think that, you know, three is a little light and you mm-hmm. could probably do teams of six. But the the way it's starting out right now, teams of three is a good it's a good time. 
an yeah. arena is fun. But. They would have to make the the maps bigger for six yeah. people because they'd get a little crowded. But for a first effort into this type of game for them, this mode, they did a good job. Yeah. And do uh, do anything else you thought about the the season uh, the season here? Like, I really like Valkyrie. I think she's yeah. going to be a good character. I don't much understand her just yet. But, you know, as you continue to play along, uh, she will she'll become more familiar. A lot of people are already using her. She'll get tweaks. I think there's some things that I have issues with, you know, how her being able to fly up into the air by, you know, hitting the jump button twice is fine. But I found that like using her and and playing against her a lot. um, Once you're up there, you're so vulnerable. Uh, You just kind of hover in the air. You can't shoot. So I find it very easy when somebody is Valkyrie, when they go up in the air, just to shoot them out of the air. It's a lot easier to shoot them than it is to shoot a horizon going up. So I think that needs to get changed. Maybe give her a little bit more maneuverability when she's up in the air to make it a little bit more fair. But she seems okay. I mean, her her uh, rockets that she fired don't do a whole lot of damage, but they're not supposed to kill people. It's just supposed to like Bangalore keep you from moving. Right. It stuns you. Yeah. And uh, her alt, I think, is cool. It it's a good way to get out of a bad situation if you need to. You can just you know yeah. get up out of there with your whole team. So she's pretty cool. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And then we go ahead into the main event here, which yep. is Resident Evil Village, mm-hmm. the game that uh, everybody's talking about and everybody's pretty much playing the heck out of right now. And especially for someone like me who isn't as well versed in the Resident Evil series as Craig is or other people, I'm having fun with this so far. Um, and I'll just get it out of the way right now. Uh, I am playing it on stream. Going to be doing a full playthrough. Uh, mm-hmm. If you guys want to stop by Sunday at 6.30 p.m., I play for about two and a half to three hours, depending on how it's going. And if you want to stop by, it's a really fun time. Uh, there's a, there's people showing up in chat. There's people to talk to. Yeah. Craig is active in chat as well, in case you've got questions about the podcast. It is. It was a really successful stream, and I hope that uh, people will continue to come by and watch. It was a good time. The first one was fun. Um, it helps having you play it as somebody who's not really a fan of horror games. I think that gives it more enjoyment, um, more so than like, I'm not saying that I'm dead to jump scares, but like I'm more, I've done so many of these at this point. I don't think I would be as entertaining as you are doing the streams. Mm-hmm. Um, plus the, you know, the transitions are buttery smooth you've been doing. So it's definitely a fun stream. So make sure you stop by for that. I aim to entertain. <laughs> Even the beginning was hilarious. You had your music to pump you up. You were good to go. Yeah, I was. And my friends keep sending me memes of, <laughs> of stuff from there. So don't worry. I'll work it into a video. I, I have a couple plans for uh, getting through this entire game. Yeah. But so in general, we're, early impressions yeah. then, because neither one of us has beaten it yet. Early impressions for me is it's good Uh, casual mode. Like it is a much more relaxing time than Mm -hmm. I expected it to be casual mode. Like, and it's because I haven't really messed with any of the settings, but casual mode, like I pretty much have auto aim. Yep. Like they, I just snap onto somebody's head and I just start shooting there. And I'm not sure if whether or not the enemies become more bullet spongy or whether or not they're more difficult with movement when you get into higher difficulties or not. But it's it's fun. The game kind of grabs you pretty quickly just because there's especially for me, I really don't know what's going on. Like I've uh, I've played seven. So this is almost a direct sequel, pretty mm-hmm. much a direct sequel to seven. So there's a lot of stuff carrying over. And the fact that it it really grabs you pretty early and just to see what kind of is going to happen and how everything ends ends up going. And if The one thing I will say and what I've been hearing as well, and I can't confirm it, is the fact that Lady Demistru's castle is probably the best part of the game uh, from what a lot of people are saying. And it's really early in the game. So a lot of people are saying that, you know, Capcom kind of put all of their time and effort into this early part while the other parts aren't nearly as good as the first. So just something to be on the lookout for. Yeah, so I haven't beaten it either. Obviously, you know, it gets broken up into sections. There are four um, lords is what they call them. And then you have the main lady in charge. Um, but I will say from what I've seen, I've done I'm, the castle, right? I've done the village. I've done the castle. And then I did uh, the 
I had to get help on how to pronounce it and hopefully I pronounce it correctly or at least close to it. But the Donna Benevento house, I just finished that as well. Um, And from what I've played so far and, uh, you know, I have to wait unless it completely tanks in the end. This is for sure going to be in the upper half of my top 10 for the year. I don't think that's that's without a doubt. But the the Benevento house is by far, in my opinion, better than the castle. Um, okay. I think Capcom has a good way of they did it with seven where they the stuff they show you in trailers is usually early and then they hit you with stuff later in the games that you don't know is coming. Um, and that's a good thing, right? They're holding some of their best stuff, you know, until you actually get to play. And, you know, Lady D um, is, you know, such a popular figure. I really liked her character, but she's not the main villain at all. Yeah. Not even close. So. I enjoyed that, like you get to that part early, right? If you played the demo, you played the village and the castle. And that's the first two things you do in this game. And then you go back to the village and you have these four other areas that you need to go to. And they're all different. They all play differently from what I've heard, because I've only done one so far. But for me, playing through the castle and the village at first, I enjoyed a lot. Um, I thought it was less stressful than seven by far. Um, it's yeah. more of a more of an action oriented. But once you get to the second section, the Benevento house, my God, does it change drastically? Um, I don't want to give any spoilers to anybody, obviously you as well, because you haven't played it yet. But uh, just like, you know, if you played seven, there was the section in seven with the brother, right, where he puts you in his area and you don't have weapons and you have to figure puzzles out. And I thought that was a cool change of pace. And this is kind yeah. of what they're doing with this house. You you know, you don't have your weapons. You're figuring things out. Um, you're trying to figure out puzzles and solve things. Uh, but, you know, it does lead to, in my opinion, the scariest part of any Resident Evil game I've ever played, ever. And I don't even think it's close. Um, it was fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I don't want to do it again. <laughs> so you know that's something that like if i do play through it again i'm probably going to be dreading going through again it won't be as bad because i'll know what's coming but my goodness was that such a fantastic part and done so well it shows that if you know capcom wants to do a silent hill um they can 100 percent pull it off the psychological horror aspect of it was fantastic yeah. so it's such a good game um i just thoroughly enjoy the way they build their environments everything looks amazing I just enjoy opening drawers and checking everything and literally looking at like every nook and cranny of every room is why I like Resident Evil games so much. Um, It's what draws me in because I mean, honestly, the gameplay itself is fine, but like the shooting's not the best. I don't think I I go to these games for the story, even though it's insane. Um, And I go for the way these environments and houses look. And in the side note off to the side, I thoroughly enjoy the uh, inventory management of it. I think it's so cool. Yeah. But yeah, fantastic would, game. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to continue playing it. We'll definitely do a spoiler cast on it. Like mm-hmm. literally everybody I know right now is like picked up the game and started playing it. So yeah, it should it'll be a fun discussion to have considering that everybody's kind of at different parts with whether what they're playing or with how they feel toward horror games, mm-hmm. which and everybody has said that this game isn't nearly as scary as uh, right. as seven is, or at least it doesn't have as many scares. Right. But, you know, I guess I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> Overall, it's definitely not as scary, but that house will 100 percent. I don't care who you are. I don't care how many horror games you have played that that will 100 percent test your mental state. <laughs> it's just <laughs> stressful, scary, and it's just one of those like it's the rare instances in a game where you're controlling it, but you don't want to, right? Like I don't, I didn't want to push forward to walk forward. I didn't want to go. I was like, I don't want to go down here. I don't want to go through here. I don't want to do it, but you have to force yourself to get through it. And I think that's very, very cool to get that kind of feeling of like dread in a game is crazy. I know a lot of people don't like it, but to me, that was so cool. Cool. All right. I look forward to that as well. Is there Mm -hmm. anything else you wanted to play or talk about? Nope. All right, we're going to go ahead and get into movies or TV shows watched with, for me, uh, the new episode of The Bad Batch came out, 
and then I binged all of Invincible over the weekend. Man. So it's uh it's it's a fun weekend for me. How about yourself? Uh more Demon Hunter. And Demon I Slayer. sorry, Demon Slayer. I even wrote Demon Slayer. And of course, uh I started watching the Mighty Ducks Game Changers on Disney Plus. I did see that as mm-hmm. well. I'm inter- uh, you'll have to tell me how it is because I yep. was interested in watching it. But I'll talk about Bad Batch first because it is the kind of the kind of the downer of this week for me. Uh, the Bad Batch episode is pretty much the Bad Batch gets to go uh, goes to another planet. They're looking to maybe live with someone there, but the person needs to get off the planet. And you kind of see how the Empire is changing everything because they're taking away the they're making their own currency and making everybody kind of database themselves so they can keep, so the empire can keep track of literally everybody. So you have people not wanting to do that. So they have to force their way uh, through things. And they're kind of trying to force the, the kid is her, uh, the name is Omega. And, you know, she, she doesn't know how to be a kid. She's trying to learn that she's trying to learn how to not get into trouble. And the bad batch, um, like they all agree that they shouldn't be taking care of the kid because they are no means parents, but the kid wants to stay with them anyway. So it's trying to create this kind of, you know, father and um, like a mega relationship that I'm just not sure that I'm getting from it. Like there was no prior uh, feeling of the, of that's how this was going to go. And then they just kind of throw it in there. I, I'm not the biggest fan of this episode, but it's, it is still pretty entertaining. It, uh, I just want to see like what Omega of uh, ends up being, what her you know proficiencies are, and how she continues to grow in the story, rather than just be kind of this almost character always in distress. Okay, yeah, I I'm just so torn on watching this show. I don't know why because I love Star Wars, but just something about this is just like holding me back. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's bothering me that I'm not just like breaking down and watching it. But I did hear that this was kind of this episode was kind of a letdown. Yeah, it was. It was. But, you know, the the Clone Wars series of all seven of those seasons, they're they're letdowns, too. Right. Anytime there's not every show is going to be Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know, 10 out of 10 gangbusters or WandaVision. Mm -hmm. So uh, with that, this is also a series kind of made for kids in yeah. a little bit of ways, you know, it's not your typical blood and gore or anything like that when it comes to star Wars. So that's something to keep in mind here. And something I also need to remind myself of. Yeah. Uh, Mighty ducks game changers. I did watch the first episode when it first aired, which was quite a few weeks ago. Now um, mighty ducks was such a big part of my childhood. All three of those movies. I don't, couldn't even tell you how many times I watched those movies growing up. Uh, but when I watched that first episode, I don't think it left. It doesn't leave a good impression as older people watching it who watched this movie as a kid, because um, it's definitely aimed at kids. And I get that. Um, so when I watched that, I stopped because I was like, ah, this is not what I want out of this at all. Um, yeah. Obviously, Gordon Bombay is there, but this is not what I came back for. But I started watching it again this past week because I was like, I really need to at least give it a better shot. And it does get a lot better. Um, You get to see a lot more of Gordon and, you know, his character is great. He's super sarcastic. Um, I have I'm on to episode six, which I think there's seven so far. And six is the one where he brings back a lot of the old ducks, which I'm super excited to see all of them again. But it's a very, very good show. I think it's well done. It's just that first episode does not leave a good impression at all. It just comes across as like super childish. Um, aimed at like, you know, very, very young. And it just kind of threw me off. So if you can get through that first episode and you have the nostalgia or the love for the Mighty Ducks, it's definitely going to like hook you in. You start hearing that theme music in the background from the Mighty Ducks and you're like, you're there. Um, So I really, really enjoy it. I went through the other five episodes super quick once I started them again. So 100% check it out. Just kind of get your way through that first episode and you'll be in. Yeah, I did kind of notice that they decided to have the Mighty Ducks and also something they've been trying to put out there is the uh, I think it's called Big Shot with John Stamos and it mm-hmm. looks like it's basketball. Right. So we 
you know, I'm interested to see what ends up happening with either of those two series, but it seems like they were both released pretty, uh, like almost at the same time. So you have a hockey thing mm-hmm. and you got a basketball thing as well. So, yeah. And I, I like John Stamos. I used to be a big proponent of full house. Yes. So, Love full um, house. Full house is good. Yeah. Especially the classic ones. Mm-hmm. We now have invincible, which yeah. I can, I will stay away from spoilers the best I can. This is going to be a very thin line to walk for me (laughs) uh, because and I'll bring up a discussion about this series, too, as well, because uh, Invincible, if I can put it in a way, is kind of a a really drawn out Spider-Man, too. And this is what I told Craig as well when I talked about the series. This series is about a kid who gets his superpowers and now is trying to balance his life of being a superhero and also trying to have a personal life. So he's trying to have a girlfriend, but he can never make it on time because he's too busy defeating stuff and he doesn't <laughs> want to give up his super secret identity to her just yet because once once he does that, then they can never go back to being the same, that kind of thing. Yep. And one thing that Invincible does like kind of better than anything else is it is really, really dark and gruesome at times. Uh, the, this isn't, you know, a character gets punched and they have a bruise on their cheek. This is, they get punched and they're bleeding or their eye sockets pop out or somebody's <laughs> trying to pry someone's eyes out of their head. So there's, there's a bunch of stuff going on here and it, it it's not a kid's show. I'll say that right now. While the animation isn't anything spectacular, uh, it's, it's fun. You know, the invincible is he's the superhero and he's born to a superhero dad but a regular mom so he has kind of these two worlds he needs to look at uh where you know his his mom says do do everything for the good of everyone and try to help as many people as you can where the dad's more about um like saving the world and you know leave the other stuff to the other small heroes that kind of thing it's a really interesting one i can't recommend it enough the only problem I'm really having with Invincible, and this isn't with Invincible, it's with TV series themselves right now, is I watched it and binged it, where that's what everybody's kind of doing right now, is Invincible's gaining more steam as all the episodes are now out of people can binge it. Mm-hmm. What I kind of miss and I also and like hate about all this is the fact that I can't really talk about these episodes to you and it's different because I know what the ending of it all is. And if you're on episode five, you really don't know where it goes from there. And unless someone else has finished the entire series, it's hard to have a conversation with somebody who's only watched three episodes and they're like, Oh, this, 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 this happened, but you already know what's happening. So you have to constantly keep in your mind about how you don't want to spoil anything for them or accidentally say something wrong. And that's what was kind of the magical period about, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You know, we watch that every week. Yep. And especially in the biggest example is Game of Thrones, where every week on Monday, people were talking about what happened at Game of Thrones. And, you know, that's there's kind of the plus and, you know, minus sides of having a whole season out all at once. The The thing about a whole season is that and being out at once is that it's it's really hard to talk to people about it because everybody's just kind of binged it and nobody's like, oh, my God, that cliffhanger they left us on mm-hmm. where as with Game of Thrones, you had cliffhangers, you had people talking about and everybody was literally at the same spot as long as they were watching it every week. So okay. I that's something I miss. You know, I really liked what we did with Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision. But when it comes to Invincible and and binge watching it, I kind of noticed the difference between, oh, I don't get to have the same conversations as I would want to yeah. with with that. Then if it was a, if it was a weekly had I watched it weekly. Yeah. And like listening to uh, Kevin Smith has a podcast that he does. He has a million podcasts, but uh, <laughs> he, he kind of brought up uh, about Invincible, but also when WandaVision first came out, he also brought it up that we got so used to shows coming out and whole seasons dropping at once. And like Netflix was the one that was doing it. Right. They were constantly yeah. being like, here's a season, go watch it all. And then we got to WandaVision and winter soldier and all this, where it was one episode a week 
And, uh, you know, Kevin Smith put it as like, you know, this is them like telling us you need to relearn how to watch TV. This is how TV used to be. Yeah. You know, you had your certain day of the week that you were there. And, you know, this is a little bit different because it's on demand. But like this is them being like, no, you need to go back to that. And he made that same point you did where, you know, it sucks where you watch that one episode and you're like, I just want to know what happens. But also it just creates this awesome opportunity where every week you can talk with your friends about one episode and you get that whole week to think about that episode and really like notice everything. Whereas we got so used to watching a whole season and being like, oh, I got through it in two days. Did you watch it yet? No. All right. Well, then I guess I got to wait six days or two weeks until you actually exactly. watch it. Yeah. So as much as I hate that feeling when you watch an episode and you're like, oh, man, it's another week. I've grown to really, really like it now because it does give you that time to actually think about an episode and 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 talk to everybody about it. I really enjoyed having our weekly you know, WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier updates. And we'll get that with Loki next month. But I don't know. Like, I think I prefer that now over just dropping a whole season. So. Yeah, I yeah, I have. I just really I really liked when everybody could talk about the same thing, be at the same point. It's just what Disney's doing, I think, is I think it's nice. And I really mm-hmm. do think that I like it. I just have to start doing it with other series as well. And, you know, me being, you know, the gamer that I am and movie person that I am, it's hard to. Yeah, sometimes. And, you know, binging is sometimes really nice, especially if it's a series that not everybody's talking about and you can kind of pump it up to everybody. Right. But when I feel like when it shows like with uh, Falcon, the Winter Soldier and WandaVision, where Disney kind of knows that there is a huge market for it, they can release it weekly and still have the same benefit. Whereas it's like how it was with Invincible. Nobody was talking about it until you got to the end. Mm hmm. And that's where you can kind of get this mishmash of, oh, you know, we could have had everybody watching it at the same point. But the thing is, is not anybody. Nobody was talking about it when it was weekly. Everybody was talking about it toward the end. Yeah. My problem with Invincible is I watched the first episode when it first dropped. And as coming from me as someone who loves to draw. I anytime I'm watching anything animated, I immediately if it's either I'm going to like it, the animation style or I'm not. And it's part of the reason that I've stuck with Demon Slayer is I really, really like the the art style. I think it's very impressive, whereas with Invincible, I don't like it at all. I think it looks cheap and I know it's not. But like just the way they're doing and animating, I just don't like. So I do need to continue to watch it because I only watched the first episode because I know the story is good. I'm just having a hard time with the way it looks. Yeah. I know yeah. it's not cheap, but it looks cheap. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do need to finish it because I hear nothing but good things about it. Um, And then lastly, we're going to go to Craig's anime corner for the, the week. The Demon Slayer. Here we go. I am on episode 15. So I'm almost to 19, which is what everybody's telling me I need to get to. Um, I... I'm starting to get like the group, right? They're all starting to come together and you're going to have to, you're going to have to give me the names because I'm sure I I'll either forget them or I'll totally butcher them. But it's, (laughs) it's, uh, is it, it's Tanjiro, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, the guy, the kid with the blonde hair, how do you say his name? Zenitsu. Zenitsu. And then I just met the, uh, dude with the boar's head. Inosuke. Yeah. Inosuke. Okay. So those two annoy the hell out of me. And I know they're supposed to, but um, I was almost enjoying more when uh, Tanjiro was by himself (laughs) because, you know, those two are just so loud. And again, I am watching like the the subbed version, right? Or yeah, is it subbed or dubbed when it's in English? It's dubbed in English. Okay, so I am watching with the English actors and maybe it's not as bad in the original form, but it's so over the top with both of them. Right. And the yelling and the screaming and it's super obnoxious, but the story is still fantastic. Right. I think the story is great. Um, I don't have a whole lot of anime experience. So my initial impression when I was watching the first couple episodes um, was like, oh, this is uh, this is the Pokemon style of like each individual episode is this is the problem he needs to take care of today. And then at the end of the episode, here comes the Raven to tell him where to go next. 
And and I was fine with that. I was like, oh, yeah, this is the Pokemon formula, even though I know Pokemon didn't invent it. That's just what I relate to. Yeah. Um, so I was cool with that. But I'm starting to get the overall story, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. Right. I like where they're going with this. Super excited to get to like, I just keep looking at it and be like, I'm almost to 19. I just got to get to 19 because that's where everybody says it goes crazy. Uh, but like I said before, man, the art style is fantastic. Um, yeah. It's so good. Uh, it's pretty to look at. I think the story's good there. It's just a good show. So like maybe what I'll have to do is after I finish this, we'll just have to put up like some sort of voting to be like, all right, which anime does Craig need to watch next? And then we'll do that. Cause like, I don't see foresee myself going down the anime dark hole and watching everything. But if there's other no, good yeah. stuff out there, like I'm more than willing to try it out. Yeah. It's, it, it's funny. You mentioned kind of how watching it in dubbed and how they're annoying. Mm-hmm. So in, I watched, I've watched it in sub and I actually only listened to the dub version of Mugen train recently mm-hmm. as a friend asked me to go watch the dubbed version with him. Okay. And what it is, is, if you think Zenitsu's bad in English, he's worse in Japanese. He, <laughs> okay. He's definitely super annoying. But I, I actually really prefer Inosuke in the in the sub over okay. the dub. Okay. He's def- I don't think he's as annoying as he is in Japanese. When he's speaking Japanese, it's a lot more bearable, I think. Okay. Um, so there's kind of the plus and minuses of it. You aren't getting nearly enough brunt of Zenitsu. <laughs> um, so obnoxious. Yeah, it... <laughs> It, it is, but it's 10 times worse in, mm-hmm. in the Japanese language. But yeah, um, I'm really glad you're liking it, to be yeah. honest. It's nice to see that you're. You just, I, I, I had to get over that hurdle, right, of like me watching an anime and just appreciating the story for what it is, right? yeah. which I think is good. It's well written. So hopefully it keeps it up. Right. And I mean, I'm almost I'm getting there. I'm almost get almost done. So. Hopefully it keeps my interest. I don't foresee a reason why it wouldn't at this point. Yeah, uh, like like I told you, like I'm just excited to see what you end up saying once you see episode 19. Okay, which again is what I've told you and what what everybody's going to tell you that that's where that's where everything happens. That's where everybody that's where the Internet originally blew up. Is it a make or break? Is it going to be like you're either going to love it or hate it after this point? Or is it just like, oh, my God, it's crazy. Uh, I think I, I think for the most part, it's an oh, my God, it's crazy. OK, all right. Cool. I, yeah, it's not anything that like changes it to to the point where you either love it or hate it. Like what mm-hmm. I will say is that after episode 19 and episode 20, the next five, six episodes, it slows down. OK, Uh. so and, and you'll get there and we'll see how you kind of trudge through them mm-hmm. kind of the episodes 21 to 25 or 26, however many you're left. But I'm I'm just excited for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully you keep it up. And I do like the poll idea that you have yeah. with like the anime thing, because like I can suggest stuff to you, but uh, the, the the masses probably should decide <laughs> what you should be watching next. Right. If we start doing that and I start picking out things and whether I like them or not, that might give people a better idea of like what I would potentially be interested in, because I'm not going to be down with probably 95 percent of them. But yeah. there's still going to be some out there that I'm sure I would enjoy. Yeah, and especially from like my point of view as well. Like, if you want to know what I'm watching, it's Vivi's Fluoride uh, Eye Song, <laughs> which is a time traveling robot that's an idol. Okay. Uh, so right. you like Japanese idol stuff. If people know what they are, they're really good at singing and mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing. And she ends up like getting on a mission that has to end up saving the future from AIs destroying all of human race. Okay. So it's, it's really weird. I, I, I definitely wouldn't suggest that to you just yet, <laughs> but if people are looking for something to watch this season, uh, for me, definitely look at Vivi's fluoride eye song. Okay. It, the first episode will get you the first episode. You're going to be like, what is going on? I did see one when I was because obviously Netflix is like throwing anime at me on the (laughs) home screen now. They're like, oh, you watched one. Here comes all the other ones. And the one that caught my eye was like one that was based around like a cooking competition. And I was like, no, I was like, oh, my God, what is that? (laughs) No, you do not want food wars. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I need to stay away from food wars. Skip food wars. I'm I'm doing you a service. Listen, I like I like cooking competition reality show so obviously i looked at that and i was like this could be something i could be interested in 
This is more than okay. just this is more than just a cooking reality TV show. The cooking part of it is pretty cool and intense, mm-hmm. but the other parts of the show, I don't think you're gonna like at all. Uh, <laughs> so you're and, saying I need to watch it? <laughs> okay, if you want to, you know, you know, if you'll like it by episode one and two, okay. I think. Okay. Uh, so that's at least only like a fifty minute like right. um right. thing you have to put into. Right. So. I just want I just want you all to know that because of this, my wife hates me, absolutely hates me because she'll she'll be like she'll come in like if I'm in the bedroom watching and she'll come in, she'll be like, really, (laughs) every time really watching this again. And I'm just like, I have to finish it. I have to, you know, you just have to do it. I committed. I can't uncommit. Yeah, (laughs) just like my just like my commitment to Resident Evil 8 Village. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're stuck now. You have to do it. Yeah. And, you know, maybe she just needs to watch some. She watched (laughs) some of it and she was definitely not a fan. It was a lot of why are they yelling so much? Why is he crying? Why is he just yelling for no reason? And I'm like, yeah, I don't get it either. (laughs) Yelling and crying are Mm -hmm. the main staples of anime. I guess they really are. (laughs) But with that, we're going to go ahead and end the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. If you are interested in getting involved with our community, we have a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter page. We have a Twitch, which, as I ju- as I already mentioned, I will be streaming Resident Evil 8 uh, Sundays at 6.30 p.m., so hopefully you guys can stop by. Maybe Saturdays, we have to see what people say about, you know, what day works best for them. And let me know on the Twitter yep. or on Facebook what days work best for you. I do plan on streaming Mass Effect as well, probably, hopefully starting Friday. Yeah, we have plans to stream Mass Effect. I'm going to be playing for the original Diamond and Pearl. Mm-hmm. So I just think we, we have a lot of plans for the for the Twitch channel. And hopefully yep. you guys can join. It's a lot of fun when it's uh, when it's not just Craig and I looking at each other, talking to each other, because we <laughs> do that all the time anyway. Yep. So hopefully you guys can stop by. And again, thank you for the support. If you liked the podcast, please make sure to share it on social media or tell your friends about it. And hopefully they end up enjoying it, too. With that, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. See you later.